Hello coders, hello coders, good afternoon, good evening, it is episode 115 of the How to Code Well podcast. Uh, there is a bit of a delay, so <laughs> I do apologise why I'm looking around, because there seems to be a bit of a delay with the stream. So today we're going to be talking about production ready, what that means, what does it mean? Um, that's the that's the gist of today's show, um, the topic if you will, and um it's different, I think, for different uh, different people, different developers, different projects. But we'll get into the weeds in that in just a second. Let's uh, before we get into that, let's do a little bit of um, a little bit of housekeeping. So I have an apology to make. I didn't push out last week's podcast um, for reasons of just being super super busy. So I will be pushing that out tomorrow, uh, last week's tomorrow. Um, but I think next week or there will be a week coming up where I won't be able to do a live stream. So it'll all it get get itself in sync at some at some point. So uh if you don't follow me on Twitter, please do at how to code well. I'll put down the date in which I'm gonna have to miss um there. So yes, I do apologize for not doing it last week. It is I have it already. It's it's been exported. I just need to publish it uh, and do some um pre flight checks, that kind of stuff. So it will it will happen last week's stream will go to the podcast player. Um, I am sat down. <laughs> I don't normally sit down for these things, but uh, unfortunately, uh, I went out for a run the uh, on Tuesday and I rolled my ankle. And um, so I'm sat down. That's why I'm not stood up. That's why I didn't stream as well on uh, the Tuesday f- on YouTube, um, because I didn't want to stand or, for the, for that. Um, so hopefully in the next few weeks it'll get better and I'll be able to stand and, and, and do those normal YouTube live streams. And, uh, recently I've been working on, um, some DevOps stuff. So I've got sort of like th- this week off and I've been working on getting a site live, uh, in staging, um, and, uh, working on the DevOps side. So a lot of Terraform, a lot of Ansible, a lot of, um, f- firewally stuff. Um, that kind of, that kind of jazz. Uh, so I've probably got some, uh, thoughts on how to, how to do all those things efficiently. I might sort of spin that up into a podcast at some point, but it got me thinking about, I am essentially creating a, a production esque ready environment that is in staging so it's a it's only behind it's behind closed doors if you will but on a on the on the on the internet and it got me thinking as to what is the definition of production ready what does that mean and i believe that it means very different things to different people so i've got some notes up here let, let me bring them up so um and and if this if if you see this and 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 are watching and are like hang on a minute no that's that's I don't I don't agree with that definition then please do let me know in the chat uh this is live obviously every every Thursday at 8 p.m. apart from last Thursday of course at 8 p.m. um British summer time on YouTube and uh yeah the the definition of production ready is today's topic so let me just go through the notes here so in my opinion this means different things to different developers different projects and different industries so for example an online bank so whatever whoever you bank with 
and you do it online will have a different definition uh, to the de a definition of like an online news agency, which could have a different definition to an online charity because they have different um, concerns, different responsibilities, and therefore they have um, different requirements um, and different constraints put upon them, especially, you know, when you're talking about online banking, um, then that other industries don't have. I'm going to just switch these windows because I keep looking over here. This is a problem when you have a very big monitor. I've got a nice big, uh, big monitor here and I keep having to move my whole body into <laughs> different directions to get the notes. Okay, so yeah, they, it means different things to different people and different industries. In, this is all my opinion, so don't take this as gospel. It's just what I think. Uh, in broad terms, uh, production ready means that the software has been built to a standard that meets all of the actors' uh, demands. So when I say actors, I mean the, the, not just the people who are using the software or developing the software or, or the founders of that project or the managers of that project, but also the external um, connections, communications to that particular project. So, for example, it could be an API. It could be another type of remote connection. And in even broader terms, in even broader terms, uh, the definition of production ready, in my opinion, can be defined as usable, reliable, available, stable and secure. So very fluffy terms, very sort of Bing, you know, buzzword bingo there. Um, but essentially all production ready systems, regardless of where they are, kind of have to fall within this kind of set. And it's very different, like I said, for different industries, because some will need to have more security driven responsibilities than things than uh, other other industries like online bank, um, news agencies that are seen by millions of people uh, across the globe, whereas your online bank might only be for a certain country, for instance, uh, they would have different responsibilities in for things like scalability. Yes, the online bank would need scalability, but maybe an online news agency, an outlet, would need to have higher scalability uh, for having various different countries uh, access their material, whereas maybe an online bank, you can only access it from a particular country. That's what I'm trying to sort of carve out here. There's different responsibilities, different requirements. And so this sort of, um, it's not really a triangle because there's like four things here, usability, reliability, availability, stable and secure. I guess you would call it the, the, the square of uh, production ready. The, there'll be different industries, different devs, different managers would lean on on more th more of those uh, sides of that cube of that square uh, more than others. So uh, production ready um, also also isn't the size of the deployment. Um, so and and this is a weird one because when you uh, when you when you first do a deployment of of a system. That is usually, and it should really be the biggest deployment you ever do, um, because you know you've got you've gone from nothing to something. Whereas once that's done, and once you've got that live, 
and in production, you're then doing increments upon that. And therefore, those increments are usually smaller than the sum of all the parts. So a production ready isn't the def isn't defined by the size. So, you know, you can't say a huge deployment must be um, is is more Product should be more production ready than smaller deployments. Um, you have different definitions of production ready for those specific things. Um, so, for example, if you're isolating certain features of a project, those features, when you deploy them, need to be production ready. And again, I go back to the the definition of production ready will be different for your industries, for your devs, and for your managers. You know, depending on the projects and and so on and so forth. Okay, let me turn that off because that's going to be uh, frustrating. Sorry, I left my phone off silent. Okay, so uh, essentially the question should be, um, is the software that I, the developer, has cr have created, is it fit for purpose? And now we get into the weeds of my definition, the developer's definition of production ready is actually different to my manager's definition of production ready, which is different to the QA's definition of production ready. Because I care about specific things from a developer's standpoint more than or less than the, uh, the manager, the, the, the product owner, the, um, the, the stockholder, you know, shareholder, I mean, or the tester, they'll all have very different uh, definitions of, of, of production ready. I'm going to caveat all of this again by saying this is my opinion. This isn't, I haven't read this from a book. This is just an opinion that I've, I have created over the many years of being a, being a developer. I have noticed that my definition of production ready is different to other people's definition of production ready. So let's talk about that for a minute. Um, so, so, okay, so let's start by saying that software cannot make returns if, it, if the software is not in production. And by that, I mean that um, uh, software cannot make money if that software is not available in production. So I've chosen a, a monetary thing there, finance. It cannot be, it's not financially viable. It's not making any revenue if it's still in development. As soon as it comes out of development and it's in production, then that becomes um, hopefully something that is going to generate income and revenue. And so you can see the difference now between, or I hope you can, between what a developer's definition of production ready is compared to, say, the manager's or the, uh, the shareholder's definition of production ready. Because they would have more um, uh, concerns over whether or not that system that, that the developers have created is actually creating um, money. Whereas a developer would be less concerned whether their software is going to create the money or not, because they will get paid regardless. <laughs> they will get paid regardless, and therefore their definition of production ready is very different. We care, us developers, when I say we, we care more about things like um, 
uh, scalability, uh, meeting the project requirements, stability, whether or not the uh, p- the feature that we've created is well-documented, well-tested, well-architected, well-monitored uh, and maintained. Whereas someone who relies on that software to generate money would have less concerns over whether it's it's documented or not or whether it's tested or not or whether or, or and they and they wouldn't give flying monkeys as to what architecture it's it's uh, used using or what framework it's being using or what 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 version of what language it's on or whatever uh, they'll have less of those kind of concerns you know they're not going to uh, you know stress about that whereas us developers that's what we care about that's what we are paid to care about we're paid to care about the uh the the things that we build in the in the terms of the technicalities of those things regard um instead of the monetary output of those things i mean yeah there's 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 um i mean i i can uh i can list a couple of um well i won't say their names but i can list a couple of projects that i've worked on in the past where um the we built a load of stuff that never actually got to production and therefore never actually got out to the public. And we were spending a long time doing building that software and the developers, me, myself included, uh, we were less concerned that it was actually uh, not out. We just wanted to make, to build the thing as best as we possibly can do. So when it did go out, if it did go out, which it didn't, um, there, then, um, you know, it would be, it would, it would show off our ability as software developers, whereas the concern over, um, you know, the manager's concerns were more to do with when is it going able to be released, you know, or is there a demand for this or, you know, uh, can we generate enough marketing around for this, that kind of jazz, you know, the stuff that we are less concerned with, um, Okay, so a manager um, or a stakeholder or some non-technical actor will be more concerned with, does it run and can it turn a profit? Um, or, you know, at, you know, how quickly, I suppose, can you get it out the door? Um, and that would be their concerns, not, our, not necessarily our concerns. Uh, so different features within the software may yield higher returns uh, than other features and therefore are seen as more valuable to have. Uh, um, so, for example, for example, um, content management systems. If you've got, um, let's say you've got, you're, you're building a, a system or it could even be a CRM or something that members of staff of the company are going to be using. So maybe there's a help desk and you're building software. You've built the front end and now you're, you're working on the back end or, you know, you did it in tandem or what, whatever, however you've developed it. And you've, there are some staff that are working on the back end and fielding calls and, 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 you know, updating the database that uh, you and your team have developed. And you're also maintaining the front end. Um, that is the public facing. Now, in terms of a developer, both of those systems are incredibly important. And both of those systems are need to have a high level of um, production ready esque ness, <laughs> I suppose. 
So both the back end and the front end, both the CRM, the CMS and the public facing e-commerce shop, let's say, need to have a need to be well documented, well maintained, well tested, um, obviously stable, uh, well monitored <clears throat> performance and all of that jazz. Whereas if you look upon it from in the eyes of someone who is less technical, who is more of a stakeholder of the business, they would be and they would rightly so think that, hang on a minute, we've got um, we've got a staff of 20 people here all working on um, or 15 people, five people, it doesn't matter how many, um, all working on this uh, this thing that they know day in and day out. Yes, it's incredibly slow. Yes, we keep fielding a load of calls um, around the same thing. Yes, we've done a load of internal training to make sure that, you know, we know the workarounds that the developers have, have quickly shoehorned in in order to get things uh, the, these these sort of um, workaround features done uh, in a very snappy short period of time. Yes, we know the software is very old. Yes, we haven't updated the the versions of of various things for a long time. Yes, we're aware of all of these things that we need to do. Yes, we're aware of all the technical debt that's involved here. But do we care more about the back end, the CRM, the CMS? more than the front end. If we say we have a group of, let's bring it down to five members of staff, right? So you could grab them, put them around a table and talk to them about a specific thing, right? Uh, you don't have to field a load of, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to organize a big assembly hall um, for, for a meeting. <laughs> it's just five people and they, they are working on the back end, but they are uh, working on the back end, whereas the front end, that that uh, is a I don't know. Let's say it's an e-com site that's making money. Let's say, for example, that is that is being seen by hundreds of thousands of people every week, and it's generating a huge amount of money. And uh, we are we we are putting all of our emphasis and our time and our energy into making that as fast, as scalable, as reliable. Um, as profitable as as it possibly can do, the the stakeholders and the managers are going to be more concerned with the front end in terms of getting that production ready, rather than the back end. In my experience, and this is this is no fault of their own. It's just where is the money coming from? And yes, you could speak to. Um, the people manning the help desk and yes they'll have our shopping lists of of things that they would like to get the developers to build because it's going to make their life a lot easier and yes if you did an interview with them which i have done before um you can you can identify areas of of uh of of work that you could package up into work units that will save a tremendous amount of time for these for these people but but the the thing that the managers have to deal with is where do you put the resource and the energy because the more times you spend working on the back end is less time you're going to make the front end as profitable um, and as reliable as it possibly can do plus if something goes really badly in the back end in the CRM or whatever you can always fall back to doing some dirty hack, some dirty workaround. Whereas if something goes really badly in the front end, as in 
it goes down for an hour, then you can actually put a monetary value on that time in which it goes goes down. This is why a lot of, and I think I've mentioned this before, uh, a lot of um, systems have very different sort of halves of the field. You know, the, the, the first half of the football game, let's say, is very nice and shiny and it's uh, it's what the f- the public see, whereas the other half of the football match, football field, isn't. It's full of weeds. <laughs> it's full of weeds, but that's not that's that's full of workarounds and hacks and stuff that the developers have had had to put in very quickly. Um, and uh, usually, what happens is that it gets to a point where you have to split away the back end and the front end. So you you end up with two monoliths, essentially, rather than a single monolith, if you haven't gone to microservices already. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just very interesting. And I, I find these kind of t- these these uh, things sort of very interesting to uh, to sort of think about, you know, what does production ready mean? And as a contractor, as someone who's been in various different industries, various different sizes of teams, some teams have, um, you know, departments of help for the public. Um, you, some have have specific departments for QA testing and engineering. It's very different to speak to. It's very interesting to speak to them and get their ideas as to what they define as production ready and then speaking to the business owners as well is what what is it that they're actually concerned with and it's it's fascinating because i and i really like doing this and it's because you 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 end up getting a very well-rounded view a picture of of software and you get to see all the players and their agendas and you know what they can are concerned more with and yeah, it's just it's just very fascinating. Sometimes I feel like a, you know software developers can get quite siloed. You know, this is and and they think that whatever is important to them should be important to everyone else. But that's that's simply not the case. That's simply not not the case. Um, <laughs> just seeing the t- the chat here. Business cares about technology. Uh, debts when it is an obstacle for making money that is an incredibly good point so it become so the technicalities of things do of, often as you've rightly mentioned do become um barriers to generating the profit generating the money there are obviously other influences as well like for example if you have to if you have to do meet some regu- regulatory sort of thing that says that your software needs to be at this version or whatever, then there are certain things, certain industries that have to keep up to the latest and greatest stuff. So there are things in place for certain industries to prevent you from going back into that sort of uh, technical debt sort of space. But that's, um, that's I, I see this very much like, um, so road accidents, for instance, so uh, the government won't uh, um put in certain uh, safety measures to certain areas of the road right if there's a risky part of the road and people are um ha- there's casualties because of this risky part of the road and you know it's quite obvious that all we need to do is put in some traffic lights 
or something, then what the government will unfortunately do is wait until there is enough um, money being lost because of those incidents to then um, justify the need of putting in the traffic lights. It's not going to just take one person from being um, uh, being in an accident. It's going to it'll be a, a mark on the spreadsheet. And when that spreadsheet gets enough um, cells, <laughs> columns, then if they you know, if the tally is high enough, then then something will happen. It's the same with this in the sense of uh, money. So if if um, there is something that the developers want to change because of technical debt, but it's not actually it doesn't actually make a lot of money, then there'll be less emphasis less desire to getting that thing approved and getting that thing done um which in i i you know i understand um it's a shame though because it, it this does it does drag legacy code along with you it's like you know you can never get away from legacy code you can never get away from technical debt um it's it's just part and parcel of what we do and um, it's uh, it, it, like I said, it's an incredibly interesting topic, I find, because um, you you start to see web development, software development in very different lights in, in under the through the eyes of different people, through the prism of various different things. You know, what, what does it mean to have a website or build a website or have a website um, for various different actors? You know what? What are the what are the minimum requirements that people um, desire for a production-ready website? I can certainly say that for me, I have a very high level of technical requirements personally in order for it to go live, for anything to go live. But it's it's a very different story for other people, and they are. And 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 the point is that I'm trying to make here in a very roundabout way is there is no right or wrong answer. There is no, there's, you know, the, the managers aren't right. The developers aren't right. You know, it, it's a shared, it's a shared ecosystem. It's a shared sort of space that we all inhabit and getting something production ready needs to be um, agreed on by, by all. And I think that everybody needs to have their say as to what they feel production ready should be. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that's my rant. I'm going to go and rest my feet, my foot, um, because it's starting to <laughs> starting to ache a bit. So I'm going to grab some ice and just chill out, I think. And um, and I will hopefully be on Twitch on uh, Sunday. But it really depends because... Um, I I want to start those streams are really long and I don't and I don't like sitting down for long periods of time but standing is is a bit painful um at the moment especially if I'm having to shift my weight to the other foot you end up doing all sorts of uh mischief on on the other side of the body so I'm just trying to chill out at the moment get that sorted luckily like I said I have this uh you know I've had this week off so I've been able to just chill out but uh, it was a proper mistake, like a typical mistake. I was I did a run for, uh, I think it was about four miles, three and a half miles, something like that. And we got to the second mile. It was I was running with the dog, me and Murphy, and um, 
we got to the second mile and I just rolled the ankle and I just told myself to man up and get on with it. And actually we ran faster on the way home. Um, we got one of the, it wasn't a PR or anything, but we, we certainly got a very fast time back. Um, but that didn't, that didn't help. <laughs> that didn't help. So I am a victim of my own stupidity. Um, and it was, it's unfortunate because I had so many good plans for running with Murphy over this because we got bank holiday Monday, you see. So I was going to plan, I planned to do a nice long distance, sort of like an eight mile run with him, but uh, that's gone out the window. <laughs> Anyway, thank you ever so much for watching. Happy coding, everybody. And uh, I will let everybody know if, if, I'm, if I'm live streaming on Twitch this Sunday. Take care, and I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.